Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, and by DieHard. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. I am John Davis, and welcome to MotorWeek podcast number 124. And... Um, Thanks for joining us around our table up in Sound Studio A today is Road Test producer Ben Davis. Hello. Uh, no relation, fortunately for you. <laughs> our assistant producer Greg Carlos. Hey, hey. And our writer Patrick Lucas. I'm all hopped up on this coffee. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's also the producer yeah. of the podcast, so he's been working early this morning. Patrick, you're funny. Uh, Thanks, guys. We have a lightning round. We got a viewer question. We even got a little rant and rave. But let's start off. This is the first podcast for the beginning of Motor Week's 35th season on television. And uh, as we pat each other, all of us on our backs, and look at the uh, gray hair and lack of hair that, that, that a couple makes of us feel old. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. John. No, 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 no. We're still 35 years young, right? Okay, um, we're going to be starting off uh, with just a kind of a general question to go around the table. Okay, season 35. This is a milestone for any publication, TV show, you name it. What are you looking forward to on season 35? What What do you think we're going to cover this year that um, excites us, and we hope it will also excite everybody that watches and listens? Cars, cars, cars. There are a lot of awesome cars coming. We got uh, NSX, should be finally an NSX right. that we can actually drive, which will be cool. A um, couple of hot hatches I know Ben's pretty excited about. Focus RS, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to the new Audi R8, since that continues to be yeah, my favorite yeah, yeah. exotic. About the Ford GT, if we actually see it this year. Oh, I think we will. Not only cars, though. I mean, we're going to be advanced in uh, social media much more, too. We're messing around with Periscope, so if you... Sign up to our Periscope account. We'll be opening that up a lot and showing you behind the scenes as it happens. Um, and our online presence is getting stronger and stronger with retro reviews and some exclusive segments for online coming up soon. So there's a just vast more universes of stuff coming your way for 35. If you've got a, a device and you pick a platform, uh, we intend to be there. Oh, yeah. We get, some, get to see some vintage uh, John Davis and Pat Goss yeah. this season. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of shots of when I had <laughs> hair. So, but I, so, you know, once you get beyond that, it is fun, though, to look back at, at and – and very, um, what's the word, disarming to look back at some of the stuff that we really liked 30 years well, ago. That's how we spend most of our, our minimal free time at this point now is Ben and I or whoever's back there on the computer just watching old yeah. road tests. Man, it's awesome. on minimal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, it just, it's the way the, the business works. Is something is uh, hot and you well, love hey, it for the moment. You're knocking yourself, but yeah. um, a lot of those retro reviews are pretty dead on. And you go online and yeah. people still comment. Like, it's funny. Like, Motor Week right on with this one and stuff like that so i have to tell you and pay homage to uh rick winter who uh rick is uh, uh retired and living up in in maine but rick was our original uh, head writer and uh rick was very very good at taking uh the early drafts of the road test mostly which i wrote at that time and honing them down and getting down to the essentials and pushing us to uh to sometimes be a little more um, in your face about some of the things we saw than than we might have been otherwise. So Rick, uh, Rick, you're out there. I know, good guy, and and we still follow a lot of his habits. 
So fun. Lots to look forward to a season 35. And on our first show on season 35, 3501, uh, a car that we'll be testing that we've already had a chance to drive, obviously, is the 2015 Mercedes AMG GTS. The replacement for the SLS, the first car to wear the Mercedes-AMG badge. A car that was fairly controversial when it first came in. So what was the outcome? Spicy little number indeed. I, I, uh, I for one, am a big fan. I, I prefer the uh, standard opening doors to the gull wings of the SLS. Uh-huh. You, prefer, wait, you, you prefer the gull wings? I thought, no. you, I thought you said you liked the gull wings. Uh, I think we all like we the gold. Now you're changing your story, Ben. Uh, well, you like the gold. No, no. The only reason is because now I can get in it with a helmet on. There's a okay, lot more yeah. headroom. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they ditched the gold wings doors, but well, I mean, I'm, 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 maybe you did you hear? Is it because it's not an SLS anymore? Because I assume. See, this is a little, and I thought it was a great car. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed driving. It is a it's great a car to car. drive in pretty much any situation. Yeah. So let me say that first. <laughs> but the I, I was a little bit put off the fact that they didn't continue calling it an SLS, but yet it still looks like an SLS. Like, they didn't, right. like, go far enough to really differentiate it, it from like SLS. It looks more like a portion. So maybe that was it one does, of their ways like a... to further differentiate it from the SLS. Like, get rid of the gull wings. That way people won't have any confusion that this is an AMG GTS. I think, I think buyers in that price range want those big glass Sunroof, moonroofs. I mean, they couldn't do, that, too, yeah. couldn't do that with the gold wing doors. You were saying it's a great car to drive, and it is, but not at first drive. It feels the enormously long yeah. hood. Yeah, hood. Yeah. Kind of, for me, it took me a while to be comfortable with the vehicle placement on the road and stuff, a good week of driving it, which may, I don't know, it may... It may affect some people uh, at the dealership. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but uh, just you'll get used to it eventually. And (laughs) but it is it is a little uh, intimidating. I I think is a good word for it because the R8 is similar money, and we were all saying when it first came in that we'd rather have an R8 just because it's a lot easier to drive, basically. But but you'll get used to it. I do think you're right, though. I think it's a car that the more you drive uh, the GTS, the more you fall in love with it. Well, you start using that long nose to your advantage, and point. especially on the track. <laughs> yeah, you can point yourself with incredible accuracy, which is really cool. So I felt the same way. Yeah, it feels it gets smaller. The and, and then the, there's the there's other minor problems like the ergonomics inside of it. Um, the shifter's just in a really odd position. The if you want to do anything through the command system, it's just everything's just kind of oddly placed. And maybe it was just me, but no. I, th- I think the ergonomics are not uh, as um, well. Maybe they had to make compromises. I'm in the sure erg- they did. Ergonomics based on some other engineering things, but I think there are a little off. Jeez, what is this? The rant and rave section? Yeah, <laughs> except that we love, the, <laughs> we, you know, we love the car. We love great. driving it. Oh, I know. Uh, but as their first effort, maybe there's a little improvement. I think it's a, it's a car to be seen in yeah. more than. Maybe a car to well, drive. Although, most people that buy it probably won't drive it as hard right, as we did. I drove it for half a day, and I was driving through a parking lot, and I several people being like, "That car sounds amazing. What is that?" Or yeah, like, "Sweet yeah. car." And right. I'm like, is that an yeah. SLS? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. But it, mission well, accomplished. It, yeah, but it doesn't reward you right away like a Porsche would or something like that. Yeah, and True. I think, and I still well question put. why they made it look so much like a 928 in the back. But uh, uh, that's cool. yeah, I like that. it is. Yeah, but yeah, it, it definitely does look like a 928 in the back, and it kind of looks like a 944 through the through the rear. What is it? The the rear three-quarter of the vehicle, when you mm-hmm. look at it from a profile, kind of looks like a, another Porsche. 
but yeah. definitely not Porsche up front. <laughs> no, yeah, well, yeah, it's not. like they took a Porsche, like half of the car, and then threw a really long nose. Well, it's on. pretty obvious who they're after. Yeah, exactly. Make no make no <laughs> mistake about it. All right, AMG GTS. Uh, we liked it with reservations, but it, one heck of a car and good, a good first road test. Good first road test for season thirty-five. Ooh. Another. Uh, car that we're testing on the first show is the 2016 Nissan Maxima. And just to set the stage on this, you know, it's still basically uh, a big front-wheel drive sedan, and it's still got a CVT. I haven't bought the four-door sports car routine in in years. (laughs) Having said that, you know, I was there for the unveiling of it, and I wasn't that shocked or, or enamored when I saw it. But you know, the car we had here and that striking blue paint, I thought it was probably the most dynamic looking four-door sedan I've ever seen. I came away extremely it's, impressed after driving it just for an afternoon. Mm-hmm. It was extremely well done, I think. Interior is just a huge jump over previous Nissans. Absolutely. Um, and Ours, obviously, was the top of the line, uh, so you have to pay a little bit. But it wasn't, was it? Isn't, wasn't there a trim level was above it? what they're having? Uh, I don't know. It's Well, yeah. then they fooled me because it yeah. felt great. I mean, the seats yeah. were super comfortable. The this, the blue stitching with the, uh, like the gray awesome. accents yeah. in the seats. A lot seats. of tech. I was mostly impressed. But, unfortunately, the car's got a tremendous amount of torque steer mm-hmm. well, in, yeah. in, sport, in spirited driving. There's a lot of horsepower going on the front. Um, and, man, that that might have been it for me. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping they get that nailed down, maybe an all-wheel drive version or something like that. But an incredibly Im- impressive car, for sure. I didn't – I guess I've gotten used to the CVT because I own oh, one. Oh, that was the thing they I was really, worried about. Yeah. Whether you don't – you do or you don't like the CVT. In casual driving, it's fine. I don't really notice it, but – when you're when you're when you're getting spirited with it, it really shows its weaknesses. Really, I th- I thought they really <laughs> ironed out the de- like the the negative parts of their CVT and most other CVTs because mm-hmm. like when you do hammer when you really step on it, it kind of feels that like actual drop shift mm-hmm. as opposed to just going winding from first back to down. second. Okay, yeah, I, on the track, it has yeah, there. from first to second it does, but from there on out it's flat CVT. And okay. I don't know first. Four-door sports car. I was hoping for a, a dual-clutch system or something with some aggressiveness behind it. But, I mean, I guess there's still room for a, a Nismo version maybe, mm. which – would that sell? I'd buy one. At least an all-wheel drive version. I don't understand why they, yeah. why they aren't cranking that out. Yeah, you know, I thought the styling, which sort of follows along from the Murano um, crossover, it's what got me. When just sitting there, the car looked like something out of a futuristic movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got an extremely high belt line, uh, which usually I don't like because it squishes the side windows. But I got in it and felt very comfortable. I just love looking at the car. It's aggressive. Yeah. It yeah. makes it makes yeah, Acuras look like oh, old people makes, cars. It makes you know, you, you talk about you know a four door sedan looking looking <laughs> like an appliance. You know. And, you know, this this is like one sedan that if I was a designer, I'd be looking at and saying, this makes every other four-door sedan look like an appliance. Yeah, you know, we had the Murano and the Maxima here at the same yeah. time. And those two next to each other, like, Nissan is on, on point. They really Getting know ready. what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, moving on. It's now time to go to our lightning round where we've all got two minutes to debate a trending automotive topic. Okay. Um We've done this to death, but it's worth doing again. Uh, Gas prices. Uh, First they're up. Then they're down. All right. Right now, they've been 
fairly low for the whole summer and actually back to the spring. There's some uh, talk that maybe by this winter we're actually going to be near $2 again. I just came back from going down south, and it was two nineteen in many places. What effects uh, are we seeing this on sales, which I think we can talk about now, and what do we think it's going to affect sales in the, of different types of vehicle in the next few years? I mean, ob- the obvious thing right now is – Hybrids and electric car sales are way down, mm-hmm. and trucks and SUVs are way up. Yep. That's right now. But going forward, what do you think? Uh, just I think we've seen what it does, and it's I can't say that it's not going to continue. I think people are still going to see these low prices and go right back to buying the big SUVs and, and kind of forgetting about the hybrids and the electrics. And that's kind of a shame because hybrids and electrics were starting to kind of catch some steam there for – for the last couple of months, I think, and it's I'm not so. But but they can't go too far back because the government fuel economy standards continue to ratchet up, mm-hmm. and depending on who gets the White House next time, there's no indication that that's going to back off, at least not in the near term. So they've got to keep moving forward, at least with hybrids. And I mean, we've seen that. But I'm bothered by the fact that certain things like Chevy Cruze diesel, which was a Pretty cool car. That's not going to happen yep. in the U.S. I was now, all excited about that one. And so I am a little concerned that uh, some of the stuff that would have been interesting is going to get delayed or canceled. So, hmm. um, I th- I, Correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I think I also read that they're starting to roll back or scale back these uh, incentives on hybrids, too. Well, a lot of them are expiring. Yeah. And I believe next year, 2016, there's more that expires unless they get renewed, which I – think is probably unlikely by Congress. That's going to kill a yeah, lot which of that, too. Yeah, which is not a good thing. Yeah. So I, I think we have a little bit of short-sightedness going on. <laughs> you know, it's like – and but that's – and that was what – it has to just drive the auto companies crazy because, you know, they're, they're looking five to seven years out, and it's impossible to predict. But all right. I think we've done it again. Anyway, <laughs> low gas prices mean that – you know, something that gets 18 miles per gallon is getting back uh, in in uh, fat again. <laughs> Not a good thing overall in the long term. All right, let's talk about a viewer question. Steve is asking, almost every 2016 model will offer many of the same safety features like collision warning, uh, automatic braking, lane departure control, blind spot uh, monitoring, cruise control, rear view camera, night vision, et cetera. Uh, how does a consumer evaluate these? Which one is better or worth uh, or not, which one's worth the cost. Please consider doing a show on uh, looking at this in the future where we compare them. We will do that, uh, Steve. But, okay, given the technology that we're seeing on the cars today, and granted, most of the cars we we get are have, have all of the features and a price to match. But if you were going out and buying something for yourself right now and you kept your family in mind, what of these new features would you say I've got to have? We just talked about this yesterday. Yes, we did. Yeah, okay. I, uh, <clears throat> so there's a few things. I would have a backup camera, which should be standard on all cars in the coming future, soon, very soon. All right, let's stop you right there. What feature on that backup camera would you want? I mean, you want the lane markings? You want them to turn? I need the lane markings. I don't necessarily need them to turn. It's kind of nice when they do turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think those markings are, are necessary to especially when you're parking, to, to line yourself up properly and ultimately save time while you're using your okay, backup camera. Go ahead. 
Um, and while we're talking about the backup camera, something I just realized that I really like is cross track, uh, rear cross traffic alert. Which is I never really considered it, but for whatever reason, I guess maybe just more people on the road and in parking lots. The last couple of times I've been backing out of a spot, cross traffic has alerted me well before the person or car has, before you could see has come through my path. It works every time, and it's it's really an awesome tool. So, and and people who go to the st- stores a lot or in busy parking lots. You'll really enjoy it if you if you kind of buck up and go and, and get that extra option. I'm a big fan of blind spot monitoring. Um, oh yeah, with the caveat that it works correctly because we have, um, or I'll name it, the Kia, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. K900, and the Sorento. They both get really like wonky. Like I'll be making a right turn in the rightmost lane, and it'll tell me I have someone in my. It's too sensitive. And it'll tell me I have someone in my right blind spot, which is mm. impossible. So right. I I don't know what it's detecting, what it's sensing. I noticed that too. I just for the most the part, trip. for the most part, blind spot monitoring is really great on the highway. Ben, um, I like three sixty degree cameras. I mean, I've had rear view mm. cameras enough True. that now I've moved on. Now mm. I need a three sixty degree camera. But uh, just driving this XC90, it has an amazing uh, early warning system where it um, mitigates with braking. Uh, I think I need that, too. Nobody's mentioned automatic braking. What do you think about that? Or something to forward collision warning or something. You guys test it, right? Yeah. Yeah, we test it, and it's... I don't think it's quite there on all the vehicles yet. I mean, we've had some times where we've sometimes hit that barrier. Works, and it's, it's true. It's true. Uh, there are impressive systems out there that work well, but I don't, I don't feel that it's something that I need. Mm-hmm. The, th- the part of when you get automatic braking, which I do like, you all always all, uh, get uh, radar-based cruise control, too, which I hate. I mean, because you'll be on cruise control. And, okay, it does its job of slowing down when you get close to something in front. But I'd almost prefer to have a little light or something that comes on and says I'm getting too close instead of just slowing me Some of them can be pretty aggressive. Yeah, some of them can be very aggressive. And some you can set the distance from the uh, steering wheel, some you can't. I'm just not sold that everybody's going to like that feature, and I find it annoying. Uh, But I'm not saying it's not safe. I just find it annoying. Well, speaking of annoying um – the uh, one that you probably don't need uh, is lane keeping assist, oh. specifically active lane keeping assist. I turn that off every single car I get into that has <laughs> it. The uh, the edge that we have mm-hmm. in, I'm not even. Uh, I, I maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just a terrible driver, but it's yanking. You my, wander a lot from lane to lane, right? It's yanking the wheel back and forth, and just way too sensitive. And I just don't <laughs> like. So I turn it off, and I. You know what? I manage to get to where I'm going every single time yeah, without unless you're driving. Unless you're driving. With both hands off the wheel for more than 10 or 15 seconds, which you should never do, but yeah. it's totally worthless because it's kind of dangerous even because you're, you're kind of trying to drift over a little bit and it'll jerk you back and you're mm-hmm. like, and then you have to overpower it again and say, no, I'm, I'm actually going over here. I think there's a limit to how much control you should take away from the driver. You're getting to the point where you're giving the drivers an excuse to not be paying any attention to what they're doing whatsoever. Yeah. <clears throat> If um, if you live in the city and parallel park a lot, another technology is the uh, park assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of the systems work pretty pretty well. Chrysler systems work well. Ford does too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a technology that if you if you need it, it talk it's about the uh, the drive out system on the edge. Yeah, park out is is something new to, uh, new as well. Um, this will 
get you out of the parallel parking spot <laughs> as well. And um, it works just as easily as the system that puts you in there in the first place. Yeah, Ford's done uh, a lot more work in Europe on these systems than they have in here. Um, they've got a system that they've shown in Europe where the, you stand outside the car with your cell phone. And because their parking spaces are so narrow, you can't usually get the doors open when you park. You get out, the car pulls itself in, the car pulls itself out. It's kind of cool stuff. It's kind of scary. Okay, Steve, it is kind of scary. Steve, I hope that answers your question. Um, I think next time we should talk, start talking about uh, hacking into cars a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Know, since that seems scary. to be the top topic. All right, rant and rave. Oh, yeah. Anybody got something on their mind that was sort of a <laughs> – we just did it. Right? Getting out of my seat. Uh, here right, here Greg's ready, primed and shoot. Ready right. to tranquilize All right, so before I start this, let me say I – I think that bicyclists should be allowed to, to ride on the road. I'm not, in, I'm not in any way trying to take your liberties away from you. <laughs> but there's a select few that completely disregard the rules of the road, and they only obey them when it's convenient for them. Uh, the last two days, this is two days in a row, I've come to a stop sign, a four-way stop. I've stopped there's a bicyclist coming up the other way and I'm getting ready to go. He blows through the stop, the four way intersection. And I mean, that's just not just being a jerk. It's just, that's a safety issue. Of course it is. If I'm not paying attention, you're dead. Like I hit you, you're probably dead. Mm -hmm. So I just, it, and most bicyclists I'm sure are very courteous on the road. So I don't want to say all bicyclists are bad, but if you are going to bike on the road, you really should pay attention to the, to the, uh, to the rules. (laughs) Just, I think it goes beyond stop signs. Yeah. It's like well, they'll, yeah. they'll be on the edge. They come without even looking. They come back in, into the center of the lane. The whole idea seems to be, hey, I'm a bicyclist, and you've got to stop for me without any regard for your own safety because if you get just even nudged by a car, you're mm-hmm. probably a goner. And it seems to be something that you see more of a problem now than you used to. Yeah, it's like we're supposed to share the road with them, but they're not supposed to to share share with us. To add to that, I have a quick story. Um, Bikers that ride against the traffic. Yeah. I was leaving to uh, come to work a few weeks ago, um, and at the end of my road is a major, major uh, travel uh, area, Route 30. Mm -hmm. I look left, and then I uh, enter uh, enter, I take a right to enter 30. I'm fully straight in my lane, and there's a biker coming right at me, and he's like, "Whoa!" Narrowly doing some some maneuvers to get around me. I I don't look right that much if I'm traveling right. I give a quick glance, maybe. Sometimes I, I, I hate to admit, maybe I don't look right at all. I just look left. You know that that must be a throwback to when I was growing up, and you, people basically rode their bikes around their neighborhoods. They really weren't out on the highway. You were supposed to ride against traffic with the idea that. That you could be seen, but I think that's, I think that's certainly changed. gone out yeah, the window yeah. now. People yeah. are driving bikes on interstates practically. Yeah, so if you're a biker out there, you can always uh, let us know your thoughts on this. I'm sure you've, you're have you ranting and raving and, against yeah. some of the drivers, but don't wear all black, too. You know, bright colors, bright please. colors, yeah. please. Can, can, I start, can I throw another rant and rave in? You know, and and with all the distraction that's no. going on inside of a car with all the electronic features this is going to actually be a problem that's getting worse what were what did we you have time say? for one more yeah go, go ahead Patrick. okay um automatic headlights mm. why do some people turn them off there's an auto setting they automatically turn off I, some people get out of cars and and turn it off 
Are you saying Why? within the office? Well, within the office, but with, oh, here within, we go. just within life. Level. Just within life. The only time that I ever turn them off is sometimes when I'm coming towards a, a toll booth or something like that to you know to turn down. Well, the no, I'm saying like when you get out of the car to leave the car. Yeah, you should just leave it on auto. That's right, I get in the car and sometimes they're it's in the off position. Oh, like no. you know, the headlights are going to turn is off that a automatically. Habit? It could be. That's what I was thinking. But <clears throat> it could also be if this was within the office. Sometimes. I turn them off when we're doing like exteriors on the car when we're going through the headlight thing. That mm. could mm. be a reason why you're getting in the car all pissed off. <laughs> right, so maybe don't so, maybe don't do that anymore. <laughs> drive by consistency too. Or it could just be habit. I mean, <laughs> no, all of my cars before I started driving cars here never had auto headlights, so I just turn them off when it's raining or it's kind of dark out. My, yeah, my problem now is when I get in a car that doesn't have auto headlights, I forget to turn them on. Oh, yeah, boy. that could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was a good one. And that's the end of a very good podcast, 124 for all of us at MotorWeek. I want to thank our audio engineer for today is David Wainwright. And for those of you that don't know, when you're listening to MotorWeek and if you like what you hear as far as the voiceovers and the mixing and all of that, it's all David. And that way, David, uh, they don't like it. They know who to go exactly directly <laughs> to. Our podcast creator, Bob Mixter, we love David. Our podcast producer, Patrick Lucas. Hey and thank you very much for watching and listening Motor Week uh, on all sorts of different platforms. Be sure to watch Motor Week every week for new episodes on your local public television stations. Uh, you can find out uh, time and dates at MotorWeek.org or catch us on the Velocity Channel. We debut a new show every Tuesday. That's it. I'm John Davis for all of us at Motor Week. Thanks for watching and listening to Motor Week. Keep your auto headlights on. <laughs> you have been listening to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, and by DieHard. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek television's longest-running automotive magazine series each week on your local PBS station.